This podcast was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Wadawurrung people, and we pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Hi, this is Ingridopedia, a food fight podcast, but instead of burgers and pies, we sling weird and interesting food stories. My name's Ben Birchall. My co-host is Emily Naismith. Hi, Em. Hello. Today, we're talking about strawberries, or as I like to call them, fleshy receptacles. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> that's an actual term from a science website. So they're a fleshy receptacle for the seeds, which apparently the seeds are the actual fruit of a strawberry. So it's not technically a berry. It really can't make up its mind. I know. So we should call this the fleshy receptacle for the seeds episode. But yeah, strawberries. Strawberries for all intents and purposes. Okay. Well, either way, let's fight about it. Mm, Let's go. Okay. So this relates to strawberries, but I have to get there first. So you have to come for a ride. Anyone who follows me on social media knows that I've been posting a lot about DNA recently. Basically how my body works at a genetic slash DNA level has been changing over the past few months. And I've mentioned this a few times on Ingridopedia, but if you don't know, I have cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic condition that affects your body in different ways, mainly your lungs. Um, So I've been on this new drug, just became available in Australia, and it's called a gene modulator, which means it kind of corrects the fault in my gene that causes CF. And genes are part of DNA. So Basically, I'm a different person and I feel like a different person. I don't really cough that much anymore. I can run, I have energy, lots of things. All this is to say, I'm very interested in DNA at the moment. So I thought I'd take my passion a little bit further and try and see what DNA actually Mm. looks like, which is where strawberries come in. So there's a simple science experiment that you can do to extract the DNA from a strawberry, which I've done and I'll show you in a sec. But basically what you do is you put the strawberry in a Ziploc bag, mash it up with your hand, then you add dishwashing liquid, which bursts open the cells of the strawberries, releasing the DNA, and some salt and water mixed into. Mash it a bit more, and then you strain it. So it's just the strawberry juice and no solids. Then you add some rubbing alcohol, which I didn't have, so I used metho. And so you add some of that. And then the strawberry DNA starts to separate and it floats on top of the juice. So when I did this, the DNA looked like white and wispy and slippery and kind of um, slimy, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I took the DNA out and let it dry. Um, And I've got it here. Okay, so I extracted the DNA of one strawberry, which meant that I didn't get a lot of DNA. Um, But this is it, dried. That's DNA. Yeah. It kind of looks like, I don't know. It's stuck onto the paper. Like a bit of spider web or... Yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know, about 10 clumps of dog hair. It kind of looks <laughs> like. I don't have a dog, so I can confirm it's not that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought I could maybe taste it. See if it tastes like strawberry <laughs> at a DNA level. Okay. Um. Do you want me to split it in half or should I? Yeah, I mean, so you, t- you say it's got metho and... Metho cleans it, actually. Okay. I cleaned it with metho and then let the metho dry, so I don't think it will okay. have Okay, what about the... May have dishwashing. Dishwashing. Liquid, but like right, a tiny let's bit. let's eat some DNA. <laughs> Still tastes like strawberry. Yeah, it actually tasted like strawberry. Yeah. 
That was weird. Like a, like eating a strawberry-ish bit of paper or something. Yeah. I'd either didn't do it properly or DNA, strawberry DNA tastes like strawberry still. Yeah, wow. Okay. DNA, <laughs> the next snack food that it's going to pop off at all the, the cool snack markets. All right. Well, you did a bit of science. I felt like I need, I need to match your science with some science that I read about. Um, <laughs> have you ever been strawberry picking? have yeah yeah so you know they're not one of these sometimes when it hasn't happened for a while but there were some ingredients where you were a little bit like surprised at how they were grown yeah if you hadn't learned about them in farmville yeah i know no i've i've been strawberry picking as a child so yeah yeah i'm aware of how they grow yeah they're sort of like there's a a clump of leaves and they they grow from the stem and um i mean it's a it seems like a pretty simple process but uh not simple enough for a couple of scientists from western australia who are bringing strawberry picking into the future using 3d printed gps enabled ultraviolet robots okay um so this is an article from september 1 so not that long ago from the abc here in australia uh two perth-based engineers mark brim and robert walker have developed a strawberry picking robot that could be the key to tackling on-farm labor shortages so how it works the the robot uses an inbuilt and it's a 3d printed robot i might add because it you know it's the future uh the the 3d printed robot uses an inbuilt 3d color camera to locate a strawberry discern the level of ripeness and then pick it uh, it also has an inbuilt GPS, so a course can be plotted on the farm with a drop-off point set so the robot can take the tray of picked fruit back to the shed automatically. Um, and the, apparently the prototype works best with hydroponic strawberries, which are grown around sort of waist height. They're not down on the ground the way that the way that uh, they are at, you know, the, the hobby, hobby mm. f- strawberry farm you might have picked at. Um, the robot also has the capability to use ultraviolet light to control some diseases on strawberries, reducing the need to use fungicides that's cool so some natural f- fungi that grow on strawberries that are killed by uh, sunlight um, so they, they replicate that using uv light um, so the question is can a 3d printed infrared uv robot picker replace a human and that's the question that's being posed to to uh, strawberry farmers um, uh, mr brims one of the one of the researchers said it was difficult to t- determine how many people the robot could replace because there were many variables to consider but the advantage of robots is they go 24 7 he said a human can only work eight or ten hours a day five or six days a week it's the tortoise and the hare it eventually catches up so it could replace probably about one or two people per robot but it's he says it's a bit complicated um but uh, it seems to me that they're onto something here because humans are threatened in this same article um According to Paul De Silva, a strawberry grower in Manjimup in uh, WA's southwest region, I highly doubt it will take all the labour out of growing strawberries, as there are still things that the human eye and human hand obviously need to do. But this machine would complement it by helping the workers get through the paddock. I envisage it being a helping technology rather than replacing an entire person. Somebody sounds threatened, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, true. So, uh, I, for one, salute our new strawberry robot overlords. I'm scared by them, personally. Well, so is Paul De Silva. <laughs> Next week, our podcast is going to just be hosted by ro- robots. <laughs> They're coming. This They're is coming. AI. <laughs> I promise you, this, this is AI already. Um, okay, Ben. Easy question, but I'm keen 
to know how you describe the taste of a strawberry in a single word. Sweet. Sweet. I'd say sweet too. Okay. But get this, they actually don't contain much sugar. Ah. Like they contain about half the amount of sugar as blueberries. And apparently for volume, they're one of the fruits that's the most healthy because of their low sugar content. Uh, Emily was doing air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is all according to Dr. Michael Mosley, who tested the actual sweetness of strawberries in a show on SBS called Secrets of Your Food. So he wanted to find out why we thought strawberries tasted sweet when they really don't have much sugar in them. So the show kind of explains that they have a really high acid content. Uh-huh. So... On the pH scale, with seven being perfectly neutral and one being very acidic, strawberries sit at 3.5, which is the same as grapefruit, which is not at all sweet. The, yeah. And wine. Wine has a pH How level How is it tricking our brains? So why do they taste sweet exactly? Well, he says that surprisingly strawberries have altered the way they taste using the power of smell. Mm. which means I'm in trouble because while my sense of smell is slowly returning, it's yes. still not the best. Yep. So strawberries contain basically a host of molecules that give the fruit their scent, but also boost our taste sensation around sweetness. Mm-hmm. So there's apparently 350 molecules in strawberry vapor and around 20 to 30 of them are helping the fruit taste sweeter. So the molecules blend together to produce an aroma that deceives our brain into thinking we're getting a lot more sugar than we actually are which is pretty tricky. Yeah. But on a personal note, I'm not really that drawn to strawberries. Like if I had to pick between a strawberry and most other fruits, I'd pick the mango, the blueberries, the banana, Mm. apple, okay, pear, nectarine, peach, anything. All of them before (laughs) strawberry. Yeah. Wow, okay. Strawberries just aren't sweet enough for me. And I think it's because I can't smell properly. Yeah. So I'm not getting that aroma that tricks my brain into thinking it's sweeter than it is. Which is a bit sad. But anyway, I'm slowly getting my sense of smell back thanks to that new drug I mentioned before. So one day I too hope to taste a super sweet strawberry. I wish you well in your quest. <laughs> All right. So strawberries aren't sweet enough for you. Mm. Uh, I mean, what is your, what is your, maybe it's the way you're eating them. How do you eat strawberries? Um, just hot, like just biting into strawberries or yeah. cutting them up on porridge. Or- yeah. Okay. So maybe you're not eating fruit roll-ups enough, oh. uh, which are, these are strawberry uh, with fun prints, uh, fruit roll-ups. They are, um, I can't quite tell if they're 1% strawberry or it's 1% of the 24% of the roll-up that's actually fruit is strawberry. Okay. Um, Where does it say 1%? Uh, it's, uh, it's on the box. I have oh, it on okay. the box. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let me tell you, this. this fact is, Loosely strawberry related because yeah. these are strawberry roll up. Did you have roll ups when you were a kid? I was never allowed. I was them. never allowed them. We, I yeah. think we've spoke, spoken about roll ups yeah, before I feel like we have. on one of our episodes. Yeah, neither Sugar of us allowed to have them. But you know what's changed it for me? You know what um, I am now is I'm on TikTok. Have are you, you? Have you seen me on TikTok? Oh, yet? yeah, no, I do, I do know you're on I'm TikTok. On the I TikToks. thought you meant you were like sharing videos or something. Uh, yeah. Put a couple of videos up oh, on the TikTok. I can see yeah, I'm just sneaking under the radar, <laughs> just making some tuna casserole. Anyway, you, I'm on the TikToks. I've gone viral with literally dozens of views. That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> um, and I came across something, and I wonder if you've come across it too. It's called the Fruit Roll-Up Pickle Challenge. 
The fruit roll-up pickle challenge. No, I've never seen it. Okay. Well, it seems to have come out of Mexico or the, you know, um, Mexican-American uh, TikTokers. Um, sometimes it has pickled fruit involved. Sometimes there's mango. But the main thrust of what I can tell from the thousands and thousands of videos the challenge is this you take a pickle like a big like a pickled cucumber like a pickle yeah like a i've got here uh, a tapatio pickle uh, yeah. comes in a little plastic pouch you can buy these kits basically you can buy a whole kit to, to build this thing uh i didn't buy the kit i bought them separately but yeah a tapatio dill pickle like a big ass pickle um and you wrap that pickle in a fruit roll-up. They've got different roll-ups in America. They've got more kind of ones that look like tape that are probably yeah, even sweeter yeah, yeah. than ours. I but remember them. We used to have them. Yeah. Um, but Fruity uh, meters. Oh, fruity. Well, I couldn't find any <laughs> at my local uh, supermarket or several supermarkets, but I got some um, Uncle Toby's Fun Prince strawberry flavor. And it's weirdly, they, they have like little pictures printed on them and uh, the ink is all over my hands. So they just needed to be even more fun. Yeah. They weren't fun enough. So wrap a pickle in a fruit roll-up. Then you dip that in chamoy, which What's is, that, that is a, a fruit. Um, well, this is quite a fruity, but there's different versions. I got the fruity chamoy. It's a hot sauce, but it's like pickled fruit flavored. Mm. So it's got lots of, um, it's, a, it's, it's a sort of limey, chili, uh, fruit flavored hot sauce. Mm -hmm. It's kind of tamarindy actually, but it doesn't have tamarind in it. So that's the sort of wet part <laughs> yeah. of it. And then you cover that in, again, from the same company, Tahine. Um, the Tahine Classico seasoning, which is a chili and lime seasoning. You might have seen that on the table at Mexican restaurants and things yeah. like that. It's not unlike the seasoning you get at a, uh, like at a, a, a Japanese restaurant, but it's a, it's a lime and chili seasoning. I'm just... Um, and the good news for you, Em, is we're going to take the, the pickle you know challenge right here. When you brought that in, I was like, this looks delicious because um, it, kind of, it kind of looks like it's fried or something. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, but now that you explain it, yeah. I'm less excited, but I'm still very okay. keen. Well, I've got half of it here for you. Yeah. Uh, I might need to get some paper towel because it's a bit messy. Yeah. Oh, more solid than I expected. Yeah, maybe You're using I'll, a bread I'll cut, knife. Yeah, using, <laughs> I'll cut a slice for you rather than yeah, just nice. give you half. It is solid. Um, so, yeah, okay, the roll-up's quite thick. Yeah. Well, I've had to go... There's actually three roll-ups around this oh bad gosh. boy. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're taking yeah. the pickle challenge. It's messy. Mm. I'm going to be chewing for a while. Mm. It's very chewy. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, yeah. Um, But... I mean, I really like it. <laughs> yeah, it's like sour, super sweet, hot, mm. Mm. salty, <laughs> just all the things. It's everything at once. And super chewy. Mm. Those, that three, three fly roll ups. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's getting through them, including my teeth. Um, I got to admit, I don't really know what the challenge. Yeah, what's the challenge? From? I think you just eat it. Uh. So I think maybe, um, maybe we've, we've conquered it. Mm-mm. We've done it. Success. Let's take this to the TikToks. So, Ben, if I give you a packet of retro party mix lollies, mm. what are you going for first? Does it have bananas in it? I think some of them do. Mm. I think technically this Allen's one doesn't. But, okay. I mean, if I was constructing a retro party mix, I would put, but I would assume bananas were in Well, there. I'd go bananas first. Really? Yeah. And then milk bottles. 
and then strawberries and cream. In the banana episode, you weren't that. I think maybe you bought some bad ones though. We maybe. weren't that into them. Yeah. Anyway, so you'd go bananas first, and then yeah, then straw, uh, then milk bottles. Yep. Then strawberries and cream. Okay, that's weird. Bananas and milk bottles are behind strawberries and cream for mm. me. Anyway, correct. I'm talking about strawberries and cream. Okay, good. Um, they're a good solid hit. These are the lollies that have a white base and a smaller red top. Um, they're made by Allens, and so I'm going to go deep into the strawberry and cream rabbit hole mm. for my third story. Okay. Um, so Ben. I'll give you a strawberry and cream lolly. Okay, thank you. you got a whole bag. You haven't got the mix. You've just yeah. done the... All right. What do I do with it? Well, exactly. Just eat it. Okay. Smell it. It's nice. Okay, Vanilla. just... Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you just put it straight in your mouth because oh. according to Allens themselves, apparently one-fifth of Australians split their strawberry and cream lollies. Like eat the... Preferring to bite the strawberry part off first. Oh. You're another one. Which is wild to me. <laughs> All right, I'll do, I'll do it. I'll try it again. Yeah, I think I've done it before. I just can't imagine normal. ever doing that. That's just... Yeah. It's just put the lolly in your mouth. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, so, strawberries and cream, they're a uniquely Australian lolly. For some reason, I can't find out any information about how or why they were invented. But something I did find out is that we're currently physically in the Allen's heartland. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this podcast in Fitzroy tonight, which is where it all started yep. for Alfred Weaver Allen. He started making lollies in his Fitzroy confectionery shop in 1891. And by 1909, Allen's was the third largest confectionery business in Melbourne. So where the hell did this strawberries and cream thing come from? Mm-hmm. Well, I assume it's inspired by the British combination of strawberries and cream. Yeah. Apparently, the combination of strawberries and cream was first come upon by Thomas Wolsey, a right-hand man to King Henry VIII. This is so history-based. I'm like... The man for all seasons I'm was... dying yep, yep, right now. Gotcha. But yep. anyway, two more sentences to go. <laughs> he served this dish at a lavish banquet in 1509. It was then served to spectators of tennis matches at a court in Thomas's palace. And it's been associated with British tennis, particularly Wimbledon, ever since. Uh-huh. So I had to look up what is this strawberries and cream at Wimbledon thing because obviously I've never been, never even seen it. I was like, maybe it's scones or just like whipped cream on top Mm. of a strawberry. No, it's a bowl of unwhipped cream with a pile of strawberries in it, Yeah, obviously. Um, No shade, I'd still eat it, but less (laughs) exciting than what I thought. Yeah. So I thought we could have a little strawberries and cream degustation slash taste test, the original fruit with strawberries and unwhipped cream, and then the lolly version. Okay. Well, I've already had two of the lollies. Is that a problem? No, that's not a problem. I mean, like, we've got a whole (laughs) And here's the cream. Just dip and go? Yeah, I reckon just dip. All right. It's pretty good. Pretty good. You can't really go past that. That is a good combination as far as food combinations go. I don't know why I specifically... Like why it's specifically tennis related. Like I know I did that history thing, but it's like nothing <laughs> screams out just watching tennis <laughs> when I eat that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they're in season in summer, and that's when tennis is yeah, happening. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. All right, now the strawberry plentiful. Yeah. Lolly. All right, I better have another one. Obviously, that's better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they obviously taste completely different. Uh, it's yeah. just been an excuse to eat strawberries and cream in multiple formats. Uh, and I thank you for it. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that bountiful treat. I've got something to wash it down. I've got a carton here of strawberry Big M. 
I'm so excited. I love strawberry it's begin. Very oh my pink. god, look at that color. It's, it's so beautiful. Pink. That is when I see that color, I'm just like edible. I want to eat everything that, that that's that color, despite whether it's fruit or not. Very pink. It's very sweet. It's a yeah, it's a it's a milk drink that's I don't know, some uh, 57% sugar. It's, mm. uh, you know. It's a good ratio. <laughs> um, you enjoyed drinking this as a child? I did. And well, as an adult. Okay. Well, let's get to that. I mean, it, d- it does make sense that you enjoyed it as a child. Um, strawberry milk was invented uh, by Nestle. Uh, Nestle Quick, now known as Nesquik, in 1960. Mm. Uh the same year that they introduced us to someone new, Quickie, the Nesquik Bunny. Apparently, the objective was to build the brand with a distinctive and lovable brand character that could be kids' secret friend. Quickie has always been there through the years as a fun partner to your Nesquik. I do remember Quickie and have fond memories, but I never knew he was called Quickie. <laughs> no, I, and it's a, maybe a, a creepy name. So, Strawberry Milk, developed for kids, um, complete with a with a bunny that's meant to be their secret friend, which... All makes sense, except it begs the question to me, why do tradies, mm. grown men, these are tradesmen, these are, are, are you know, blue collar workers in Australia, drink strawberry milk in 2022? I mean, because they have taste buds, firstly. It's delicious, but it's it was something intended for children. Yeah. Milk is a kid's drink. It's interesting. Uh, so I wanted to dig into it a little bit. Why... Flavoured milk accounts for a third of fresh milk sales in Australia. Grown men happily drink it. And the answer for, for, for why adults drink, happily drink strawberry milk in public is, is marketing and boobs. Yeah, it turns out this was a very deliberate move by the Victorian dairy industry in 1978 to take on the soft drink market. Uh, they weren't selling enough milk. Kids were drinking it, but then they were dropping off and they were drinking Coke and Sprite and I guess Fanta was around in 1978. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. So to take them on, the Victorian dairy industry launched a product called Big M in in Melbourne. Wow, I didn't know it was because of that. Mm. So I found this article on Trove uh, called Fast Becoming the Land of Milk and Honey from the Bulletin, March 1978 by legendary journalist Keith Dunstan. Sensational things are happening here in Victoria. Milk is making its biggest comeback in more than 30 years. On January 4 of this year, the Victorian Dairy Industry Authority launched a mighty advertising campaign inspired by George Patterson's, which was a local advertising agency, no longer with us. The plot was simple enough. Start by grabbing the teenage market. They introduced four flavours of milk in handy little cartons, just as Patra had done for orange juice. I like the idea that even cartons were sort of new in 1978. They called it Big M, and we had Big M iced coffee, Big M strawberry, Big M chocolate, and Big M banana. There was a great sexy poster printed in colour in the newspapers showing a grinning teenage blonde wearing the most miserably inadequate string bikini you ever saw. Ah, but she was hugging her cartons of Big M and this ad contained a free voucher for you to go to your corner store and get a free Big M. So the Big M girl was a thing. They started marketing deliberately sexy, scantily clad women. I remember one from a a milk bar when I was a kid. I was uh, um, a, a woman with a a wetsuit unzipped down to almost to her navel, pouring flavor, strawberry milk all over her breasts. It was very provocative. <laughs> you could only do it in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, and, and it was designed to take on 
coke basically and uh, particularly in summertime uh, so the article goes on well i tell you this campaign took off better than almost any campaign i can ever remember this week your malted milk lover that's how he's referring to himself uh, went to see brian pertell general manager of the victorian dairy industry authority and he looked very happy he said in the first four weeks they had gained 13 percent of the soft drink market before their flavored milk was literally nowhere they'd boosted sales of milk by eight percent and when the next figures came in, he was confident they would make 10%. So overnight, they just cut market share of Coke, going after this older market. And they also sponsored the Melbourne Marathon the same year, the big Melbourne Mar Marathon. They did that for years, all to take on this soft drink market. And Coca-Cola were really threatened by this. Um, they actually provided the fridges to a lot of milk bars or corner stores or dairies if you're in New Zealand or bodegas. Um, they, they provided the fridges and these corner stores these milk bars started putting big m in their fridges so coke took their fridges away mm. or threatened to take them away and big m would just replace the, the, the coke fridges with big m fridges so there was this fridge milk bar fridge mm. arms war uh and so not content with just doing sexy advertising the dairy industry decided to go even further after the adult market um this is from the same article the latest plot is to put Big M into the hotels, hotels meaning pubs and, and bars, as, as we would have called them here. Um, in a phrase that sounded distressingly familiar, Brian Pertel said, milk is a marvellous mixer. It will go with anything, whiskey, rum, brandy. I see a milk combination as the perfect drink for the businessman who doesn't want something too heavy at lunch for the drink to be served at the hotel smorgasbord. Agree. Hard agree. <laughs> Hard agree. <laughs> when I'm at the lunch hotel smorgasbord, uh, there'll be a big promotion for uh, in mid-April. Hotel keepers will be invited to a show at the Hilton where there will be a great range of drinks, coffee masala float, hot rum punch, peppermint nog, choc orange warm-up, and many others still in the hands of the designers. They so, sound really good, well, and I'm all for milk <laughs> drinks at lunchtime. <laughs> okay, the peppermint nog never took off, but the marketing did, uh, and it's resulted 44 years later in it being perfectly acceptable for grown men to drink strawberry milk in broad daylight, and we have outrageously sexist advertising and pretty smart marketing to thank for it. And here I was thinking it was just because they like lift heavy things and need like the protein, need the fat. That it's just sex. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so what do we talk about? Well, I extracted DNA from a strawberry, explored why strawberries taste sweet, even though they aren't, and did a bit of a deep dive into strawberries and cream. Okay, well, I talked about strawberry picking robots, took the strawberry fruit roll-up pickle challenge, and uh, dug deep into why adults drink strawberry milk so you can vote for who you found the most interesting on the podcast about a week after this goes up we'll share an instagram poll on our instagram account ingredipedia and you can vote for me or ben and keep your eye on uh, on the tiktoks i'm <laughs> i'm on there okay dozens well, dozens of i thought of we views. had a joint account and it was called ingredipedia <laughs> but okay go off <laughs> see you next time